This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. We're internet sensations, guys. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons, 3 to 7 on WSJS. You are on a Tuesday drive. It is WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad. We're after the Carolina Panthers loss on Monday Night Football. It's post-mortem Tuesday on the show. Anytime you lose in primetime, whether it's college or NFL, and this applies to other sports as well, even if there's another game happening head-to-head with yours, the overreaction is greater, and we're certainly seeing that today. The reaction to Bryce Young's performance has been interesting to me. The disadvantages of Bryce Young's frame, they've been discussed ad nauseum since the spring. We know what those are. We won't really get into them now. But there does seem to be one positive with him being smaller. There's a national empathy with him. There's a national relatability with him. We've seen some of this with Steph Curry's likability. Oh, I've seen a guy who looks like that at the park, so I like that guy a lot more. I'm going to root for that guy a lot more. Conversely, when they struggle... The reaction's a lot softer than it would be when any other number one overall pick does what Bryce Young did on Monday Night Football. He's so small. He needs help. Leave him alone. Leave Brittany alone. That's generally what the reaction has been been today. Newsflash, though. Bryce didn't inherit a 1-15 team from last year. He was taken number one, but the team that took him traded up from number nine to number one. They were playing significant football games in the month of December last year. Also, Bryce isn't the boy next door that you're just rooting for in a rom-com. He's not the underdog. He's a Heisman winner from Alabama who was taken number one for a reason. He doesn't need your sympathy. He doesn't need your empathy. And he doesn't deserve a pass for the way that he played last night. His lost fumble was the most important play of the game, and it's on him. He has two interceptions and a lost fumble in his first two games. That is on Bryce Young, and the timing of it is what made it so bad. It was right after the defense forced a fumble. During the game, the defenses were taking over, and it just had the feel Panthers defense needed to get a scoop and score touchdown, or they certainly needed to force a turnover for Carolina to have a shot. And they got the interception from Von Bell. They had the offense starting in plus territory. So when I hear people saying, oh, Bryce didn't get any help. Bryce wasn't being helped. That's as much help as you're going to get. A defense keeping you in the game, giving you every opportunity to win, and giving you the ball on the plus side of the field. What do you do with it? That's when the fumble happens. And Carolina loses the game by three. Right after the fumble, Bryce made a beeline to the bench. And it was the first time I've seen him visibly frustrated in a football game, certainly with the Carolina Panthers. He was so visibly frustrated, Frank Reich didn't say a word to him as he walked by. He sat on the bench, and I looked at Josh McCown and his immaculate hair, and I thought immediately Josh was going to go there to console him, was going to go down. And he took two steps towards Bryce, saw him on the bench shaking his head after taking off his helmet, and Josh turned back around and waited a couple of plays later before walking up 
And I don't even think at that point they were talking. They were turning two separate directions. Bryce was that visibly upset with himself in that moment, and he should have been. That was a very important play in the game. The offense didn't run well last night, and that's on Bryce. The calls weren't being delivered quick enough. They weren't lined up right a handful of times. Bryce was making bad reads. We saw that even in the second half of the game. That's Bryce's responsibility. And here's the thing. If you think I'm being too tough on Bryce Young, these are things Bryce Young knows himself. He knows these are things that are expected of him. Listen to him last night. First and foremost, I think I, you know, it's just I, I have to do a better job of orchestrating all that. Um, being in command, making sure, you know, we're 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 at the line of scrimmage with enough, you know, with enough time to, to go, making sure that we're all on the same page. If if there's something that isn't communicating well, making sure that I go over there and, and make sure we're on the same page and, and make things make things correct. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, that's on me making sure that the operation's smoother. Players were hinting at this in the locker room, not specifically blaming Bryce, but talking about line, lining up wrong and things being disjointed and plays not getting in quick enough. That's on the quarterback. And it goes back to the whole sell of Bryce Young being the number one pick. When Cam Newton was picked number one and he faced all the criticism when, thing, when he struggled early, he looked like Superman. He looked like he was cut from metal. And the things he struggled with were Handling himself in the media. Trying to the mental side of the game. And he had to learn that part. But what you got and the reason you drafted him was the physical element. Oh, he can jump over people in the red zone. He can sling it all over the place. And you saw that physical piece of it as a rookie. You saw that. Even the areas he was struggling in, you saw why the Panthers drafted him number one overall. The reason why Bryce Young deserves some blame today is because he was not drafted for his physical gifts. He lacks those, being small, right? It's not the physical gifts why he was drafted. The reason he was drafted was the mental side of the game. His processing and how far along he is in that regard. And if the reason why you were drafted was your big old brain, I don't want to hear about how he's struggling with getting the calls in right and getting people lined up right and the mental side of the game that comes along with playing the position. That is the reason why you were drafted number one overall. Now, let me be clear. This isn't me saying, oh, Bryce is a bust or anything like that. We're not overreacting that type of way. He can eventually become that, and I expect him to become a very good quarterback in this league. This is a rip on the, the soft reaction that we're seeing to last night, where people are making excuses for the number one pick in the draft. Leave him alone. Oh, he can't take it. Look how small he is. He's going to crumble. The guy went to Bama. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He can handle your criticism. He understands that he wasn't living up to the mark. Oh, he doesn't have the weapons. Ah, oh, come on. This type of criticism is par for the course for the number one pick. Especially when you trade a popular player like DJ Moore in order to bring in this player. Just call it what it is. Don't make excuses for it. He looks like a rookie. And he's making mistakes that normal rookies make. Peyton Manning made and many other rookies did. So he, uh, he'll probably eventually figure this thing out. But he hasn't figured it out yet. And it's pretty obvious. And it's okay 
to say that. You don't have to give them a pass for what happened last night. Don't blame it on play calling. Don't blame it on weapons. Bryce was in a, a huge part responsible for why the Panthers didn't win last night. On Twitter, at WSGS Radio, if you want in. That's where we're streaming video, in addition to YouTube and Twitch. 336-777-1600 is the phone number. Will Dalton is the executive producer of this show. He's also a diehard Panther fan. WD, very quickly, are you taking it very hard today? How hard have you been taking this loss? Not not overly hard. I mean, you know. So you sound I, kind of bummed out. I mean, I'm, I'm bummed about it, but I expected the Saints to win. Oh, big sad WD right now. Shifting things a bit. This might cheer you up. We've seen plenty of incredible things with Coach Prime and the Buffs in a short period of time. But this headline today just might be the most impressive achievement yet. According to ESPN, last Saturday night's Colorado-Colorado State game drew 9.3 million viewers, making it the most-watched college football game on record. Or, pardon me, the fifth-most-watched college football game on record and the most-watched game in the late-night time slot. It was a 10.30 start for Colorado, Colorado State. And nearly 10 million people were watching. In fact, there was one point where the peak was 11, but average viewers was 9.3 million people. That is Deion Sanders' brand. And ADs and university presidents across the country are probably looking at that and seeing dollar signs with that type of exposure. It's just another reason why it was my first thought after reading the headline. Wow. Deion Sanders could be a one-and-done at Colorado. He could be that because he owes nothing else to Colorado. He's already given them so much. He's already proven enough at Colorado to warrant getting a bigger gig. At 3-0, and he's tripled Colorado's win total from last year. If it wasn't for the buzz of Dion and what that led in recruiting and what we saw with the sold-out spring game and all that, I strongly doubt that Colorado is being poached by the Big 12 Conference the way that they were this offseason. Thank you, Coach Prime, for making sure we're not left behind the way that Oregon State and Washington State have been left behind in the past. Do you believe? His brand is massive. It's not the brand of Colorado. It's the brand of Dion that attracts 9.3 million and gets you into a new conference and sells out spring games. And the recruiting's real. With Lil Wayne and Kawhi and Offset showing up at the last game, kids love it. And The Rock, are you kidding me? Uh, that's going to translate wherever Prime goes to, whether it's uh, HBCU like Jackson State or to Colorado or where he's going to be heading to next, probably an SEC or a Big Ten school. He's going to leave. Oh, if you're saying, Josh, the loyalty. He didn't have loyalty to Jackson State. I doubt he's going to have loyalty in Boulder. I mean, he'll leave because money talks when it comes to Coach Prime. Like We're talking about the guy who once wrote the song, must be the money. If you look at the interviews he does on television for all these shows the last few weeks, he has a sign that's hanging in his office behind his desk that reads, if you play good, they pay good. That guy. That guy. And the SEC and the Big Ten can pay more than what Colorado can. And there are already two Big Ten openings. And you might say, well, Josh, those schools aren't that attractive. Michigan State and Northwestern. What was so attractive about Colorado? 
<laughs> yeah, they can pay more, Michigan State. Like, look what the contract they gave Mel Tucker, and they were able to fire him with cause. Do you believe? And the SEC, is A&M going to come open? Like, is there going to be a gig there that you can look at? I don't know. This could be a one-and-done season for Coach Prime. My thought when he drew 9.9 or make it $9.3 million for a 10:30 Colorado Colorado State game last week. Josh Graham loves to talk sports. He also loves the way his new jeans highlight his man curves. Ooh, hot. Oh, hot. yeah, that's hot. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. He's going to be a great player. I love watching him. My kids loved watching him last year when he was at Alabama. Heard him run around the house. Bryce Young throws the ball. You know, they just love football, so they pretend to be everybody. And I'm okay with that because Bryce is a good guy. But now that we're rivals, I may have to tell him to chill out a little bit. That was Derek Carr talking about Bryce Young after the Saints won in Charlotte last night. Derek seems like the nicest guy in the league. Out of quarterbacks, nobody has a negative thing to say about Derek Carr. All the media seem to like him. All the people within the building seem to like him. And that's a nice thing he had to say about Bryce, who he spent a minute with on the field after the game. A quick story. After Derek Carr got done with this press conference, WD, I walked up to him and I said, Derek, you're not going to remember me, but we met at Cameron Indoor Stadium four or five years ago during Zion season, and I rescued you from Cameron. And he looked at me, his eyes got big, and he said, (laughs) you're the one that got us out of there. I'm like, I was. That's awesome. Now, backstory. I'm glad he remembered this because it was just as funny to me as it seemed like it was funny to him. I was standing. Cameron can be a confusing place. If you've never been to Cameron Indoor, there are a bunch of different hallways and doors that lead to weird places, and it's easy to get lost in Cameron. I got lost a few times the first few times I've been to Cameron. Well, if memory serves, it was an NC State Duke game, Zion's year. You never know who's going to show up at Cameron. I'm standing at the edge of the media room at Duke, and someone taps on my shoulder, and I turn around, and it's Derek and David Carr. And Derek seems a bit flustered and says, I'm so sorry to bug you. Um, I have no idea where to go. Can you please help me get out of the building? I'm like, yes, Derek and David Carr, I have no problem doing that. So I led them through a couple of doors, and we walk outside, and there's Derek Carr's family, and there's Quinn Cook, who apparently knew, was playing at Golden State at the time, knew Derek, who was playing in Oakland at the time, very well, and that was the connection there. So it was pretty funny four or five years later that Derek remembers that interaction where he got lost in Cameron Indoor once upon a time. Here's more from Derek Carr on Bryce Young. Playing quarterback, you know, is is difficult. And so especially at a young age, you know, he's I'm sure he learned a lot of things today. Uh, but hopefully he learned a lot from me. Uh, you know, don't throw that ball, you know, when the safety's there, you know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think I just think the world of him. And, um, you know, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders and he's going to work hard and he's got great people around him in this organization, um, you know, from from the owner, the general manager, the coaching staff that's in that room with him on both sides of the ball. Um, He's going to get loved up. He's going to get positivity every day. 
If you think that last piece of sound is disingenuous or you find it to be strange, what are you talking about? That owner? You're talking about that coach, that organization. How would you know? You never played for the Carolina Panthers. You never played for Frank Reich. You haven't played for Thomas Brown either. How do you know what is surrounding Bryce Young? Remember, back at the Combine in March, Derek Carr spent a couple of days visiting with David Tepper, Frank Reich, and the Panthers, and Carolina gave a good hard look at Derek Carr potentially wanting to add him in free agency. And then a week later, Carolina traded for the number one pick. They traded for the pick that ended up being Bryce Young. So last night was essentially a matchup between two quarterbacks Carolina had the choice between. Moving up to be to take the number one pick in Bryce Young or taking Derek Carr in free agency. Carolina would look a lot like the Saints do right now. Good defensively. You still have DJ Moore making catches like Chris Olave did last night. But then you ask yourself, like, what position would you rather be in? The position the Saints are in right now or the position the Panthers are in right now? The easy answer is to say you'd rather be the 2-0 team rather than the 0-2 team. However, I'd still take Frank Reich as a coach over Dennis Allen. I'd take Frank... I, if you ask the Saints honestly, would you rather have Bryce Young as the quarterback or would you rather have Derek Carr? You would take Bryce Young just because of what his potential is versus what we already know about Derek Carr, which we even saw last night how bad he can be in the red zone, one of the worst red zone quarterbacks we've seen in recent memory. But that's an interesting element to last night. That it is a matchup. The Carolina Panthers were staring themselves into the mirror. That's what they could have been if they decided to go with Derek Carr rather than trading up to take Bryce Young. We need a ruling on this Cam Jordan sound. Cam Jordan is a noted Carolina Panther killer. He has been a problem for the Panthers for a very long time, and he's a provocateur. He enjoys dancing on the Panthers' grave a little bit. There was a longtime Cam Newton beef where he's sending Cam Newton a broomstick and a wine bottle after sweeping them a few years ago. There was one point he told me in the locker room while looking like a Bond villain, or at least like a cartoon villain, like Darkwing Duck with his glasses out. Somebody out there knows. One person might know. He 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 suggested that Cam Newton might have been faking a shoulder injury in the last Monday night game that the Panthers had. That was that 12-9 game in 2018. So I wanted to talk to Cam Jordan to see what he thought about Bryce Young. He got very close to Bryce Young a handful of times yesterday, and here's what Cam Jordan had to say. Yeah, I mean, he's a, uh, you know, he's, he's a good kid. I think that, uh, he, you know, he's got a lot of room to grow. Um, our, our ability to keep him in the pocket, crush the pocket, make him feel uncomfortable, that clearly was the plan, and I think we succeeded in that. I do think he escaped more than we thought he would, you know. Um, we went in thinking that he was a, a pocket passer, and he's got some speed to him. You know, he was able to slip out those A's and B's gaps. We'll know that for the next time we play him. We have to play him a second time. You know, as he grows, as he matures, you know, this this time around, some would say he's a little, you know, young. Okay. Did you hear anything wrong with that? Or is this just me reading into the lines because of the person saying it? I should note, he wasn't smiling as saying any of these things. So you can just take that sincerely, and you might hear that and hear nothing wrong. But I heard him refer to Bryce Young as a kid 
and saying he has a lot of room to grow within five seconds of each other. Let's hear that. Just the beginning of that again. Yeah, I mean, he's a, uh, you know, he's, he's a good kid. I think that, uh, he, you know, he's got a lot of room to grow. Ah! I don't know. I mean, he is a kid. Come on. He ju- he's been in the league for two games, so he does have room okay. to grow. You're telling me, <sighs> given the source, that it's a coincidence that for the 5'10 quarterback, he calls him a kid and says there's room to grow within five seconds of each other. I'm supposed to take that as him being sincere and not trying to twist the knife or needle anybody. I mean, I think you might be looking at it a little too closely. Am I wrong? I. But, but just again, listen to that at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, he's a, uh, you know, he's, he's a good kid. I think that, uh, he, you know, he's got a lot of room to grow. It sounds like he's petting a puppy. Oh, this is a good pup. Oh, he's a good kid. Oh, that's a cute little kid. He's good. He's got so oh, he's got so much room to grow. Let me scratch your belly. <laughs> I think you're reaching. I you think? I think you're reaching. Let me hear the last five to ten seconds of that too, because I think he re- I think he said room to grow twice. You know, as he grows, as he matures, you know, this this time around, some would say he's a little, you know, young. He's a little young. Well, he is. As he grows. He's been in the league for two seconds. Cam Jordan, I'm on to you. Oh, my God. Oh, as he has room to grow twice, he called him a kid, and and he finished that off by by doing a young pun. This time around, some would say he's a little, you know, young. Some would say he's a little young. Now, uh-huh. I will I will give you. He's witty. The end of that he definitely know- sounded like it was on purpose. He, I'll give you that. He knows what he's doing. You know, just a little huh, young. But the rest of it, I don't know. I think he's picking at him. <laughs> For those watching on our video stream, hmm. got my Baltimore Orioles gear on. Yeah, you do. I thought for sure. The birds were going to take one on the chin yesterday because they were still hung over after Sunday where Greensboro native said Mullins, Cedric Mullins, hit a walk-off sack fly. That's the same dude, by the way, in Seattle who had that catch at the wall and then oh, yeah. the, the home run in the 10th inning. Greensboro's finest. Yesterday, a day after he had that walk-off sack fly as the Orioles clinched their first playoff appearance in seven years, down two in Houston... Hits a three-run bomb in the ninth inning to take the lead. And he's inevitable. One. It's amazing. <laughs> he's oh, my gosh. He's so crazy. It's, it's Cedric Mullins. <laughs> I don't know who that kid is, but it's an internet meme that makes me laugh. Whoa. Every single time I see it, just send it to you. It makes me laugh every single time. It's just a, like this Angels fan, this kid who's sitting in front of a screen watching Angels baseball and getting super mad at Cedric Mullins, who's everywhere when they play his team. As WD digs that up, the O's... Cedric Mullins again! It's Cedric Mullins! (laughs) Dude, I can't escape him. I can't escape him. I can't escape him! (laughs) Greensboro's own Cedric Mullins. You can't escape him! That's Cedric Mullins again! Yeah! <laughs> From Greensboro, Campbell native! It's Cedric Mullins! Roll humps! 
The O's are up two and a half games on Tampa now with 12 to go. Braves fans, the O's are only two games back for the best record in baseball. Could you make the argument the Orioles are the best team in baseball? Better than the Braves? Considering the Braves are not in the American League East? You could certainly make the argument. Just saying. That was a great series in Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta won the series. Yeah, one was in extra innings and also another one the Orioles blew in the eighth inning. Should have won. We had Yinyar Cano on the mound. I'm still not bitter about that, though. That was May. We're not bitter about that. You're bitter. I'm not bitter. You're bitter. I would still play uh, the Astros tonight while the Braves face the Phillies. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. WSJS. Okay, here's what we've got. Two prize packs today. Each prize pack consists of a pair of Wake Forest Georgia Tech tickets for this week's game at Truist Field. Pardon me, a legacy stadium or federal credit, a legacy federal credit union there stadium. There you go. Get it right. Come on. Got to get my bank right for Wake Forest this week. Two pairs or one pair of tickets in each prize pack and a $10 voucher, which is good for a few biscuits. At Biscuit King in High Point. So you get some biscuits, you get some football tickets, 336-777-1600. All you have to do is call in and tell us something good. Weekly positivity in just a second, 336-777-1600. But I am going to add a rule on this. The thing that's good can't be eating biscuits at Biscuit King or the fact that you're going to a wake football game. You got to tell us something other than what's what we're giving you that is good. So that's the one stipulation. The first couple to call in and tell us something good, we'll get those tickets, and we'll do that in a bit. How about we get to the Carolina Panthers for a second? That was the best crowd I've seen for a primetime game in years for the Panthers. Now, they've had some primetime games. Like, that was far superior to the Thursday night crowd that we saw with the Atlanta Falcons in town a year ago. It was better than the 2018 Monday night game against the Saints when Cam Newton's arm had deteriorated at that point. It was better than the Thursday night game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the week I met my wife. It was a lot better than that. And trying to think back, like 2017, like the Thursday night crowds generally aren't that great. Like Eagle fans, I remember, swarmed the place for a Thursday nighter in 2017. You probably have to go back to a Monday night game against the Miami Dolphins that year when Cam had a long run to find the last primetime game that was a crowd nearly as good as last night. And of course, they go home disappointed. Now let's get into weekly positivity. Machine guns. WD is going to watch Beverly Hills Cop for the first time tonight. That's right. And will tell us what he thinks of it, thanks to Sean Clark's recommendation a week ago. Let's start with Jenga. Hi, Jenga. Hi, 
Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. Tell me something good with you. I am so excited about that Wake Forest comeback win. Wow. How worried were you in the first half? Uh, very, very. You weren't one of those saying that we need to, like, turn on the quarterback or anything, right? No, just had to pour a little bit more of that liquid encouragement. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's very well said, Jenga. That's good. Wow. Do, who are you bringing to the game on Saturday? Um, my husband. Wow. Well, enjoy that and enjoy some Biscuit awesome. King, too. How's that sound? That sounds great. Thank you so oh, no, much. no, no, Jenga. No, no, no. That sounds good. <laughs> there she goes. That's a very delightful laugh that Jenga has. WD, tell me something good with you real quick. I put up my fall decorations yesterday. Wow. I got glass pumpkins. I don't mess around with the decor. We've discussed this before. Wow. Go to TJ Maxx. Yeah. Get some candles. Wow. Get some pumpkins. How much, how long did it take you to put up like two things? <laughs> About about, eh, about ten minutes after I figured out where I wanted them to put, where to how to face them, and hit the light correctly, and all Such that. Such a cool story. I know it. I'll tell you again later. Let's go to Josh and Clemens. Hi, Josh. Hello. Hello. Tell me something. <laughs> tell me. Tell me something good with you. Well, I've got two good things. I just found out my daughter is pregnant. Wow. And Bob. My Marine Corps son will be home this weekend to go to the Wake Forest game with me. Wow. Well, I'm glad we're able to assist on that. Do we know if it's a boy or a girl? It's a girl. Wow. It's good. That is good. So you're going to be a girl grandpa. Yes, sir. That's pretty exciting stuff. Wow. That's a lot going on, Josh. That really is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. But it's good. It is good. So enjoy that. And uh, thank you. Appreciate um, you listening as well. Jew in Winston Salem. I think I'm I'm, I'm out of football tickets. I, I hate to break it to you, but you could still tell me something good anyway. That would make my day. Well, you know what's good, Josh? What's that, Jew? Both of my football teams are undefeated. Who are your football College teams? At Notre Dame and San Francisco 49ers. You do realize that sounds kind of strange, right? <laughs> nah, I'm an 80s baby. Oh, okay. In the 80s, Jerry in the 80s we didn't have no team in um, North Carolina. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you picked the Niners, and then you got Notre I, Dame because they're on TV all the time. That makes sense. Nah, I got Notre Dame because I was a Julius Jones fan. Oh! We got... Whoa, that's awesome! Oh, yeah. Wow, Julius for a while, Jones! I didn't, for a while, I didn't watch college football, so... When I decided I was going to pick a team, Julius Jones was running for about 200, 250 yards every game. I said, that's what I'm going to go with. That's the man. And uh, Sam Hartman now giving you reason to watch Notre Dame quite a bit, right? Yeah, that's the only thing we done missed over the last couple of years with a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Well, you got one now. We'll see how they do against Ohio State this week. You're not worried, are you? Nah, not at all. There you go. Confident. From Winston-Salem, that's Jew. Let's knock out one more real quick. Donald, I, I don't have any... I can't bribe you with biscuits. I can't bribe you with tickets. All I have is a big old heart and somebody that loves hearing good things. Will you oblige me, Donald? Yes, my my cowboys are two and two and old. 
<laughs> how okay what's your level of confidence in the cowboys though like what are the goals this year like where do you think they're going um super bowl ring we we gonna get it oh i'll get it this year. there you go donald and burlington it's stunning it's stunning that cowboy fans are confident i've never seen that. yeah the cowboys are super bowl favorites every year how do they do that it's amazing i picture <laughs> donald wearing like b dots cowboy victory robe right now as he's calling in six man Tar Heel basketball. I'll tell you, see, I didn't get back home until like 2 o'clock this morning from the Panther game. Two things have gotten me through today. Bojangles, Chicken Supremes, and the press box at 12.30 at night. (laughs) WD knows exactly what I'm talking about. Why are you laughing? Because you came in today and you... (laughs) So I I asked, I was like, oh, are you going to go get a hot dog from Costco today? Because I had my potato chips in the back. <laughs> He's like, no. So we had a little packaged plate. He got a takeout to go plate from the press box. The, okay, to my defense, they they had like these four trays full of chicken uh, supremes out at 1230 at night. Yeah. There's like 15 of us in the press box at this point. They're like, we're going to throw them out. Do you want them? I'm like, yeah, but how do I take this with me? I'll wrap it up for you. He got a and box. And there like <laughs> 10 chicken supremes in there. She wrapped it up and... That's gotten me through today. That for lunch. And also, whatever the contents of this mighty muscadine, <laughs> Stu Epperson walked in and just gave me this energy drink that has like mighty muscadine grape juice in it. And it tasted good. Wow. This is not like, they're not paying me to say this. I'm no. just saying that like, I've never had really an energy shot before. Connor O'Neill's wincing somewhere. And, That's right. And uh, yeah, it makes me feel good. And that's been Weekly Positivity. For real, my hands <laughs> starting to tremble a little bit. It's The Drive with Josh Graham, WSJS. Hear that lonesome whipper will. He sounds too blue to fly. WD really taking that loss hard if you're getting into sad country territory. Hayes Permar, the theme this week is sad songs. It's going to be hard to top that, I think, Hayes, if I had to guess. Uh, Is that Hank Williams right there? That is. Indeed. I thought so. I'm so lonesome I could cry. That's a that's a classic one. If you if you go watch the um, the Ken Burns country music excellent. documentary, have you seen this? It's excellent. It's like ten parts. They get into the Carter family. So they get into everything. It's great. Um, and you yeah you see where co- I think Hayes just got muted. Hayes, you just muted yourself. <laughs> you might want to unmute yourself. So that way we can we we can play you talking to us and everything. That'd be great. Technology. It could be tough. He's trying to use like a headphone. He he is. That's, <laughs> that's what's making it tough. He's like got these special headphones yeah. on that he's using. Like a call operator working at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is I think he can hear us because I see him. I know, laughing. I know. He's he hears us <laughs> making fun of him, but he has these jabs he wants to throw back, but yeah, he can't and he can't, he can't jab like he's frustrated. <laughs> what is he gonna do? 
you know. Uh, I, I wish you could you could jab back, Permar, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> That's Permar. I'm just looking at if he can listen to Hank Williams. No, we can't. No, hey. Let's just get him on the phone. Yeah, let's do that. Poor guy. That is funny. It is. It's really funny. But I will second what Permar is saying about that Ken Burns doc on music because... Can can you hear me? Yeah, we can there hear you. We can is. hear you, Permar. <laughs> we just unplugged it, plugged it back in. Sorry, we blew sorry. on the. Blew on it. Yeah. That's that's exactly how it works. But no, you're right about that series. It is fantastic, and especially the stuff on Loretta Lynn, fantastic too. But I don't want to spoil the all, whole thing. It's all just it's so good. It's so good. I mean, the history of when you see the history of what formed country music, you know. Stuff coming from South America, from Africa, with like the different instruments, the banjo, whatever. Then how country music turned into bluegrass and rock and roll, just incredible. Hank let, Williams. Let Wait, me, why, why were we playing Hank Williams? Was that an honor to the Panthers? Yeah, because WD's sad. He's got sad I'm music. Upset. He's going to play for yeah, you in a band. I was hoping that that was. So, getting to the Panthers, my, it is amazing to me. It feels like from the broadcast last night, based on what I've seen. I was at the game, so I wasn't listening to Lou Riddick and Dan Orlovsky, but a lot of people have been saying that that in the fourth quarter, Orlovsky and Lou Riddick started taking up for Bryce Young, saying he hasn't gotten enough support. And it feels like the reaction that I've seen is, don't bash Bryce Young. A lot of defense for Bryce Young today. And all I could think was, like, I wonder if for all the negatives there are about his frame and his size, one positive there is, he is, it's a lot easier to be empathetic. It's a lot easier to be like, to like him more. There's a likability factor, a relatability factor. A lot of people have compared him to Steph Curry in this regard. And I feel like the response is a lot softer today. The reaction is a lot softer for Bryce than you would see for normal number one picks who have a performance like that on Monday Night Football. What do you think? Um, you're not wrong. I think that's also some of the changing of. You know, is it right to trash any number one pick? Because the, the sympathy becomes, it used to be, wow, you were a number one pick and you're terrible. You suck. We're laughing at you. I think it shifted more to the team that made the pick, right? Like this guy's always going to be who he was. Bryce Young, whether he turns out to be number one pick material or a journeyman, you know, whether he turns out, he might, he could be uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. Like, oh, he proves he's, one of very few people in the world who can play at an NFL level. He's just not a transcendent starter, which we hoped he would be, right? Um, so I think that's the shift that has come there where people are more quickly to clown the people who picked the guy than clowning the guy himself. Because I don't – you're right. Bryce doesn't invite scorn on him. He doesn't walk around with swag. I'm the number – he's not – you know, if he were – had that Baker Cam, Jameis, Baker. It'd be easier to like clown him. But he's also, he's not Steph Curry in the sense that he's super, he's not, you're not drawn to his charisma. I mean, if anything, it's like he's quiet. And so like 
He's not a diva, so that's good. But it's not like he's this like figure that he's like, the quiet guy like, in a rom com. That's like the boy next door. You're rooting for him. You're like, leave him alone. Leave Britney alone. Yeah, there's but some of that. He's not Marcus Page, where like the media comes away being like, I just can't wait to talk to this guy again. It's just so much fun. Like he's he's not that. It's, you know, um, it's he's he's just like a quiet, you know, uh, you know, quarterback type guy. I. Um, well, I, let me ask you, like, is Please. it too soon to be like, this guy doesn't have it? No, it's it's way too soon on that, just because I feel like now that guys don't really play that much in preseason, September is essentially preseason, and also, this is his first real game with Adam Thielen, and we saw it was really good. Like, last week, he was banged up, didn't really play all that much. Um there's so many new parts. DJ Chark, that was his first game last night, and he had a couple of plays to him. Austin Corbett will be coming back in a month. And here's the part that's not being talked about enough. The the Falcons bolstered their front seven a great deal in the offseason by adding Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree and the Saints. I mean, the first touchdown they allowed was that two-minute drive at the end. Like, these are good front sevens and defenses that Bryce faced. Like, you talk to me in a month, and I bet you we're talking about this offense looking a lot better. And you're not worried about the size at all? No. Like there's there's nothing – if I watched the guy play and yeah. he were four inches taller, it could all look the same and I'd be like, yeah, he's not great or whatever. But you you have to admit it just stands out how small you need to You, you need to – hold one sec. You need to go to a game, Permar, because I'm telling you, what it looks like on television is two or three times as jarring in person. Like, it – I literally thought when I went to the first preseason game that it was a kid in a Bryce jersey that was running to the sideline, and it turned out to be him. Like I, Drew Brees, everybody's like Drew Brees was only like five nine, five ten, but like Drew Brees in pads looked like another guy in the stocky. Like, he needs you know, to like, get thicker. That's the, the big office, thing. Yes, he just looks childlike, and like I don't. It's hard for me to separate visually, even even when you see passes that like. You know he can make or whatever. You're just like, man, maybe, is he strong enough to get the ball there? Like, he just looks so small. It's let's just, let's wallow in our sadness as we play skips or plays with Hayes. Hayes Permar is somewhat of a renaissance man, an expert in the finer things, but he hangs his hat on music. Loves his God, and he's no friend of Satan. He was like, oh, six, getting busy with the sticks, been watching Big Mike and Lil Trick. I just need a Zion and someone he can dunk on. Today, Hayes will decide if this music is smash or trash, glows or blows. It's time for skips or plays with Hayes. He's coming out of the box with Hank Williams. I'm fascinated to know where we're headed here. R.I.P. Smash Mouth Lead Singer. What do you have, WD, to open up here for us? We're going to start off with some uh, Nirvana, Something in the Way. Wow. I love the beginning of this song. Where it's just like, I'm a nip, the man. I'm a the man. Did you see the, uh, the, the new Batman? Yes, that's what this is from. Like, it's a trailer. There was a trailer, I think, this song played. I don't know if it was in the actual movie. I think this has actually come up on your show before, but it's worth noting because Nirvana, you know, one of the greatest bands of all time. 
probably one of those people that was like, they, it actually helped them to, to have a career tragically cut short because then it was like, oh, you ended at the top and we never even got to saw the like five albums that might have sucked or whatever. Sure. It was like, oh, you know. But I always remember one of the coolest things, you know, liner notes, CD notes were, were a thing back then, right? Like there was, you couldn't listen to your music while reading the Wikipedia page about the band and reading the Reddit page that was telling you about all the Easter eggs in the lyrics or whatever, you know? So like the liner notes are what you had. The CD you opened up, maybe you got all the lyrics, maybe you got some funky stuff, maybe it was in a style, maybe you got some pictures, you know, like a Guns N' Roses album. It's like, whoa, what was, are those naked women? Yeah, I, I watched uh, Pump Up the Volume over the weekend and they really got that piece of it right about music at that time, like discovering so music. the Nirvana, this album, if I recall correctly, I don't think they had all the lyrics. If not, then then in the featured section, it was just, it was like one line from each song and it didn't really tell you which song. And it was just sort of like laid out there in just a stream of consciousness. Oh, all this is in the album somewhere. And so as you're listening to the album, you're like wondering when you're gonna stumble, stumble across the, the line from the liner notes. And I believe the one from this is, the animals I've trapped have all become my pets. Wow. I need you to grade this as a sad song. How is this as a sad song, a skip or a play? Like if you're bummed out and you want to play some sad music. Nah, it's more, it's a play. I should have said that from the outset. It's a play. It's not that sad though. It's not that sad. It's more like serial killer than sad. It's more like psycho than, than, than sad. Robert's voice there. So great. Okay. What's the next one? Uh, nothing gives me personal pain more than listening to Adele sing, so we're gonna go with, uh, someone like you. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. It is WD's worst take that he can't stand Adele's voice. Yeah, it's painful. Like, it's a real thing. We're in the car, and he's like, can you please turn this? (laughs) Who was it? This is another conversation I feel like we've had on this show, where it's like, Who's had the better music-only career, Adele or uh, Miley Cyrus? Uh, music-only, it's Adele, but Miley Cyrus has done more. Like, I don't know. Things. I don't know. Miley, I do know. Like, Adele, you thought, like, when you got rolling in the deep and you, and you hear her albums drop and it's, like, a big deal and you're like, but, like, you start stacking Adele hits... I'm just saying the pile doesn't get as high as you think it does. It's pretty high. Like, I mean, Easy On Easy on Me was great last year. You oh, had I Hello. Love, I, easy On Me, I don't know if that makes... I loved Easy On Me. It's still not one of her top five songs, but... It's like Hello, Rolling in the Deep, and I'm not sure what else goes This in the song line. right here. Stay awake. I would say I'm a Dale Hayner, but I'm falling down on Team Dalton a little bit more on this. I'm just yeah, saying, like... See? Certified bangers. Certified bangers. Miley might have more than Adele at this point. I'm with you. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. Gross. Is it a... So I guess that's a skip. He doesn't even like this song. Yeah, yeah, we're skipping this. Wow, okay. Get it out. Great SNL bit you can look up. That is uh, Emma Stone and Kristen Wiig and a bunch of people like crying to this song while eating ice cream. And then it pans (laughs) to the entire Coldplay band crying too which is fantastic okay what's the last one i gotta tell you i saved the best for last because today josh introduced me to the chaos that is the video for whiskey lullaby 
for the first time. And I thought it was going to be a song about soldiers. Just play no, the no, song. no, no. He put that bomb to his head and pulled the trigger. <laughs> Allison Krauss, Brad Paisley. He finally drank away her memories. Not about soldiers. The song's very, very sad. Life is short, but this time it was bigger. Look, I love Allison Krauss, but, you know. Sometimes she's out there suffering on that like bluegrass grind where it's like you can be a legend, but you're just not gonna make you're not gonna stack the paper the same way you are as those like country radio dudes. So every now and then you gotta be like, you know what? I'm doing this one for the check. And I think Allison Krauss did with this one for the check. And I don't I don't hate her for it because she's over there toilet. She's like, I'm spinning gold, but I'm a bluegrass artist, and so like my career earnings are 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 peaked, right? I can't do country bro hits like these guys. So sometimes you got to do it for the check, and I respect it. I got no problem with it. However, the song sucks. It's a skip. Get it out of here. Whoa. Hate it. The music video is out of control, though. Have you seen the video, Hayes? It, Hayes, if you haven't seen this music video, <laughs> it. I remember being sad at one point. Ugh. And somebody sent me this because we were talking about sad music sometimes. And it was so comically over-the-top I mean, sad that it first, made me laugh. Like I was bummed out, and it made me laugh. Was he put the bomb to his head and bottle, 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 bottle? It's a song about alcoholism and unfaithfulness and and uh, alcoholism and death. <laughs> That's what the song's about. It's ridiculous. It, the, just Permar, do me a favor. I just need you to see <laughs> this music video. I'm stunned that he has it. I need you to see the whiskey lullaby six minute music video. Trust me. It's uh, it is absurdly sad to the point it'll make you laugh. How sad it is! I'm trying to think of the like most despondent songs I could do. The Hank, the Hank Williams one you came in with was would have been the best one. Right. I'm so lonesome I could die. That's a great one. We've talked about like Creep Creep by Radiohead, Hurt by Johnny Cash. I mean, Go Rest High on That Mountain is like sad. Oh my gosh. That's specifically somebody dying. Like, that's special occasion sad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) That uh, is a really sad song. You know, there's, 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 uh, Hurt by Johnny Cash is pretty sad. Colin Hay from Minute Work. Oh. I just don't think I'll ever get over you. That's one of the all, I mean, again, that's, that one, the lyrics make it clear that it's about like a person and you couldn't just, you couldn't just drop that in about your team sucking. Yeah. Like, whereas, you know, I'm so lonesome I could die. I could be like, no, I I'm, I'm waiting for a that. Zoomer to tweet me and say, uh, the song that they played in Fast 9 or whatever it was when Paul Walker died, it's been a long day without you, my friend. Yeah, that's that's not in this category. Uh, I don't think no, so. No, absolutely not. Perma. And I do, just for the records, I want to note, if you search Nirvana Nevermind, like lyric notes. There's like a whole Wikipedia page. I'm not just making it up. It's famous. And I did spot check myself. The animals I tried to have all become my pets is the line from something in the way in that You're song. So brave. But it's like famous. You're you so go brave. see it. It's like one line from every song in that album, maybe two. And it's people my age know it. So there we go. Bye, Hayes. Thank you, guys.